0: After week one, there's just one thing that has come painstakingly clear. The Manning brothers have our dream job. Folks, this is the push-off. everybody welcome to the push-off podcast kickoff weekend it was it's your favorite weekly nfl show that discusses everything that happened last weekend and gets you ready for the next i'm your host scott hogan and joining us as always because of course he's co-host it's dan half the league is zero and one right That's right. Half of the league's 0-1, perhaps our favorites, as we all know it is. Uh, And we're going to touch on those and everything that happened in week one. Kickoff weekend, Dan. I mean, were you ready for this? Was was your butt and your eyes and everything ready to take on all this football?
1: Oh, I absorbed so much football this week, it was kind of ludicrous. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think I didn't, I got to be honest, I did not enjoy or absorb nearly as much football last year. Sure. As I did this year, because the, you know the baby was more constant. Now it's like, all right, I can kind of watch them all as you know, as the games are playing, and you know the babies don't hate football; they like the colors. Yeah, uh, so that's that's all I need right now. So it's okay. Uh, but goddamn, I I loved watching a Thursday, three Sunday games, and a Monday game live. And then all the
0: rest of the highlights afterwards. Holy shit, it's fun. God, I, I love football. No kidding. <laughs> I think I t- said to you one time, because I watched, I mean, you, your Cowboys played on Thursday, so you kind of had an opportunity to pick your games on Sunday. But you said on this podcast before, too, that it's not, you can't follow nine games at once. Even if that was your only plan, was to sit no. there and go, I'm just going to watch Red Zone and keep track of how everybody scores. That's ridiculous with nine games tried doing that plus like the game you really want to pay attention to it, I was playing catch up a lot after that but um yeah it was still it was it was a jam packed week every team has a game now that one game through on their belt win or loss there there's your team you got a chance to look at it whether you're excited or not here here we go this is it um yeah i mean there week 1 you got some shitty
1: w's and you got some really glowing losses mm-hmm. um you know those you can walk away from week one going, hey, you know, we learned something. Uh, you'll walk away from week two with two straight losses, then you start to get worried. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, it's it's really pretty strange. Like, everybody can survive 0-1. It's way difficult to survive 0-2. Yeah.
0: Um, so there's so much news that happened throughout the week, but I think it's kind of connected to it. Uh, we got to see, like, the thursday night sunday night uh football guys you know drew Brees has joined that that group and i want to talk about the manning brothers on monday night football i think that's where we probably start is in that area there so we're gonna jump into the games we're gonna hit all that news as we go because we're gonna talk about all all 16 of them um and then you know we we have our own little fun way of sneaking our way through a couple uh So week one, the one thing as a whole of week one that I noticed momentum was huge in week one. Uh, One team could be dominating, but it didn't mean that they were the best team full strike all the way through the game. There was another like chance or a flash of the other team showing up. Most of it was just like offenses that maybe were stagnant for a bit and then would just catch on fire for a quarter or a half. I don't know what did anything like that.
1: Well, there was a couple teams out there that never uh, caught even a, the mildest of spark. But for the most part, there weren't there weren't that many just like straight up bum games. You know, there's some crazy lead changes like with you know Cleveland Kansas City that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, your own game Minnesota Cincinnati was very much back and forth. It was super mm-hmm. mercurial. Um, Dallas Tampa Bay was a fucking shootout and was a blast. And obviously, you know, last night's game. In fucking Los—I was
0: about to say Los Angeles—but down in Las Vegas, fucking fantastic. Amazing game. Let's start there. Uh, The Ravens' week started horrendous. Thursday before kickoff, (laughs) Gus Edwards, their running back, and then Marcus Peters on back-to-back plays in practice tear their ACLs. They're done for the year. Uh, You got Harbaugh that's just like, "Uh, Colin, I'm gonna call practice here. We're done with this because who else wants to do anything after you see that happen you know two of your top starters now get just carded off they already lost jk dobbins in the running back crew so the ravens were coming into this as the hobbled team of the nfl honestly uh their running back crew was uh uh, latavius murray who they just picked up because the saints couldn't afford him and uh who's the third string guy that did get the touchdown what's his name i don't Uh, know Oh, it was uh, Tyson Williams. Yeah, Tyson Williams. So Tyson Williams gets the start in there. Or sorry, Tyson. Tyson. Yeah, t- yeah. Um, but I mean, they they played their hearts out. It was amazing back and forth. They were up 14 to nothing to start the game. It looked like Ravens game. Yeah. I, I picked them to win and, and heading into it, even with the injuries, I thought it's still Gruden in this mulling Raiders team. I don't know if they put it together yet. So I thought this was Ravens game. Dan, you picked them. You picked the right you picked the Raiders.
1: I did. I I picked the Raiders improving. I like Darren Waller in the matchup against the Ravens defense. Um I thought he suffered from tremendous, you know, opening game jitters uh in the first half, but then mm-hmm. he started to come alive. That was pretty fucking tremendous. Um the Raiders are not a bad offense, and suddenly they have a pretty decent defensive line. That's enough to make them a contender, if not a leader, in the AFC West. Like Watching that game, watching the pressure they were getting from Crosby, watching the pressure that they got from Carl Nassib, Uh, the first—I guess—the first sack and the first strip sack by an openly gay player (laughs) in the nfl kind of sealed the deal for the entire, you know, for the Oakland—or sorry, for the Las Vegas Raiders' uh, first game. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, But yeah, their their defensive line was getting a little bit productive. The only problem was you weren't getting that production from Cleland Farrell, your former number four overall
0: pick. Oh, my God, who was a healthy scratch. Like, that's just embarrassing on its own, that you're your fourth overall pick in that first draft that you did, you're not even playing anymore. Um, yeah, you, it, it's been a pretty stinky draft there for uh, genius Mike Mayock true but you brought up Darren Waller huge uh acquisition since they brought him in for that game 10 catches 105 yards and a touchdown in that one their okay. offense and we said it I think uh last year was it's Waller and Jacobs Carr just throws it up to Waller or hands it off to Jacobs and that's their offense and that kind of was what it was last night Jacobs had two touchdowns Waller had all the yep. catches but Carr threw for 435 yards and he didn't quit and that was something the Manning brothers on their uh, uh, telecast kept saying. I was like, Carr's good. You just got to give him the time. He's one of the most accurate and consistent quarterbacks in the league. And you start, you know, listening to him when you hear that from, from quarterbacks that did it for their whole career.
1: I've been saying it about Derek Carr for years. <laughs> I've loved Derek Carr for a long time. But. It's, it was also... Well, let's take a minute and let's talk about the Manning broadcast. Fucking yeah. fantastic. I want to watch all my games that way now forever.
0: <laughs> the, uh, that was on ESPN2, ESPN+. plus. Uh, oh, Peyton perfect. just working his ass off, I thought. At, at least as soon as the game started, I was like, oh, Peyton really wants this to work, and Eli's barely moving on the couch. Now, I don't want to... Eli was super still, but he had some speedy zingers. He was throwing his big brother out of the bus. He was making some nice jokes and stuff that were fun. Uh, the whole crack about, uh, oh, who would have thunk that uh, you, uh, your head can't fit in a helmet? Peyton and Peyton's like, all right, all right, all right. Let's just come on now. I, I thought the nice thing was
1: really towards the end of the game when they settled down and it was just them talking football mm-hmm. with Ray Lewis and Travis Kelsey and Russell Wilson. I was like, this is fucking great you know russell wilson's a little fucking anodyne but you know i really do think they should bring back guys like ray lewis who was sitting there he's like listen 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 (laughs) like i love watching ray lewis say listen 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 because you know that's just how he was in the locker room but watching them talk about that shit and watching peyton rub eli's face and like hey didn't you have a zero quarterback rating game against ray lewis let's bring in ray lewis go fuck yourself eli (laughs) yeah
0: they're Uh, grilling Peyton about stuff that he was on camera for earlier in the broadcast and he's like i'm just trying to keep this thing going but uh he's a good sport about it It was great well they have a good back and forth energy. i mean they're brothers so they're gonna have
1: a good back and forth energy obviously Peyton's doing the heavy lifting yeah Peyton's Peyton wants to do the heavy lifting i think eli's just happy to be there Mm -hmm. um but he was good he wasn't you know he wasn't humorless they they had good back and forth good flow uh God damn it! Are they? They're both brilliant fucking quarterbacks, though. That's the thing you walk away from is you're like, yeah, I know Peyton's a fucking genius, but God, Eli's able
0: to just process so much. Yeah, that's what I think so too. Um, they they're calling out all these plays and, and asking those questions, and everybody's wondering like, well, what does that mean? What are these things? And I think that's what like Peyton really wanted to do earlier on. But you're right, once they were just kind of sitting there going like, oh well now oh this is cool, and they're saying stuff like that. You're like, hey, I'm watching a game with the with the Manning brothers. This is this is a lot of fun. And what and it was a It great game.
1: to see Peyton just go, fuck, like <laughs> when they miss big throws. He's like, ugh. Yeah. You're like, oh, I love this. You're clearly not a fucking Raiders fan or a Ravens fan. He's but a- to to know that he's as invested in the game as I am, even though he's a multi-millionaire,
0: Super Bowl-winning Hall of Fame quarterback, you're like, oh, yeah, loving ball is the same, man. Yeah. It's just the same. Just getting into it and loving it. Um, and this was an easy one one for him to love. Well, I don't want to get jump back into it. Uh, Travis Kelsey on the broadcast, too, just basically saying how he doesn't run routes sometimes and just, <laughs> uh, I just run free, find the open thing. They just don't want, want me to run in anybody else. Like, only Travis but, Kelsey. But also,
1: Peyton being like, Eli says you don't run routes. And Eli's like, fuck it. I told you something. Yeah, yeah. Like, Eli's so
0: excited that he got his brother on that. He's like, I knew it. I knew those weren't routes. He's uh, doing whatever the fuck he wants. This game, though, this game went back and forth, especially oh, at yeah. the end. Um, I I went back and forth at the end and kind of marked it. The Raiders tied it with nine minutes left, but the Ravens answered immediately, 24-17. And that's what the game felt like. To me, And didn't, I didn't think the Raiders were going to steal this away until the overtime because uh, Tucker kicked a 47-yarder with 40 seconds left. Uh, oh, no yeah. timeouts, 40 seconds left, and Carr took him down there to get him in field for 55-yard field goal from this Daniel Carlson. I've never heard of him. Uh, To get him to overtime. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Well, at
1: least your Vikings actually have a good kicker now, I guess. Greg Joseph,
0: he kicked a 50-plus yarder himself. That was nice, but uh, it still hurts every time you see Daniel Carlson (laughs) swing that big leg. Uh, Raiders get the first possession in overtime, and this Edwards who came out of nowhere to get him to overtime looks like he's in the end zone they're walking off the field now they immediately to the refs and they immediately were like hey guys we're this game is not over this game's not over there was a there was a thing of this vegas because like the manning brothers were saying it in the first quarter where it felt like this stadium was just a big old party it wasn't a party for the raiders it was a party for seeing a football game in vegas And
1: that's all it's going to be, and that's fine. You know, that's until the Raiders get a fan base fan base. That's the best you can hope for is like, hey, people just want to come out and see a football game. Um, I want to see a fucking football game in Vegas. I'd love to spend a weekend with my wife and you and your wife and come out to Vegas. We watch a football game and, you know. Fucking sit at the pools and shoot some guns. It'd be great. <laughs> there you go.
0: Uh, and then, not, why you not see- at the
1: same time. We're not going to sit at the pool and shoot guns. <laughs> and
0: shoot guns just throughout the pool. Um, Although, I think it's fine in Vegas. You see, that. like, that's why cars like couldn't get the plays in. And then they're, they're having problems offensively on their first drive because of that. But it, it settled down and then it looked really good. Um, they don't get that touchdown and it's on the goal line. And then it's third and goal and it's a tip pick. <laughs> And, yeah, oh. he just kind of died a little bit inside. And even my, me, myself, who was like, because I picked the Ravens to win and I'm already behind on you in picks, I was like, well, let's go then, Ravens. <laughs> that hurt. I was like, no, nah, you can't take this win away from the Raiders when it was that close. But then Jackson fumbles, like, at his own 30, and they turned that one into that uh, just Zay Jones toss there when they were all coming to the all-out blitz.
1: Oh yeah, as a it was a complete broken play, but it was also like, yeah, it's time for the Raiders to win this fucking game. Like they really did deserve it for the things they were doing late in the fourth quarter into uh, into overtime. They I thought the defense really stepped up there. You could see that the protection for the Ravens was getting really fucking tired, yeah. um, and they weren't even blitzing. That was the crazy thing. The Raiders didn't blitz a lot. They were just winning man to man. Matchups on, on the line. And that's that's dangerous. If the Raiders are able to do that and set more guys back in coverage, because they don't have a great secondary, but if you can get pressure with a four and actually, you know, get your back seven to, to defend the pass, that's great. The Ravens are blitz heavy. The Ravens are going crazy. They ran a ton of zeros, as the Mannings were pointing out. Basically a ton of man to man and you know heavy mismatches, just trying to get pressure. The Raiders I think were more effective at getting to the quarterback and barely blitzed.
0: You said it was, yeah, Nasib and Max Crosby, I think, was the other one that they kept discussing on there. Uh, they did lose Unique uh, Nagakwe to an injury that's going to have him out for a while. In fact, the Raiders were the one who were hit with the injuries the most uh, after the Ravens' bad week. It was the Raiders after the game. Denzel Good tore ACL. That's the season. Yeah. Mariota's going to be out for an extended period of time, apparently, and so is McCoy. Long-term injuries is all they're saying right now. Because that game was just the other night so we'll see what that ends up being but uh yeah big win for the raiders big home win against a ravens team that i think is still going to be very good this year i think you're looking at two probably, probably yeah. playoff teams here unless something happens
1: yeah i think both of these teams
0: are are in for a good season and it was a fucking fun game fun game can't wait to watch the next monday night with the manning brothers uh i'll be there Let's um let's move on then. Let's go to the next game, which is another uh, doozy. Browns Chiefs. Chiefs won it at home 33 29. Um y- we picked this one, but oh my god, it did not look like they were gonna win it, but pulled it out. Uh it was twenty-two to ten Browns at the half, this one. Yeah,
1: it I mean that's the thing though, right? Is we have seen the Chiefs just be a bit Schizophrenic, where they're like, "Oh fuck, right, we're playing." Like we've talked about it a bunch. That yeah. Pat Mahomes, somewhere in the third corner, butts out the cigarette and goes, "All right, let's fucking go." <laughs> and and that's really what happened when he, you know, he threw that fucking absolute. It wasn't a duck, but god damn it, was a fucking heave ho. It's uh, Tyreek kill. It, it's the meme, right? That that whole fuck it, yeah. Tyreek's down there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I mean that's a hundred percent the way it felt. Is. Pat Mahomes is just out there figuring shit out on the fly. And having, having Travis Kelsey be like, yeah, man, we're just, I mean, Pat's just reading the field and I'm trying to get open and that's really it. Having a guy who's dedicated to getting open and getting the ball in his hands and then a guy like Tyreek Hill who's just here to torch your fucking defense, that's really hard to defend against. Um, and it was evident, especially in the third and fourth quarter, as the, the secondary was really starting
0: to break down for the Browns. Yeah, they just slowly started chipping away at him. Uh, heading into the fourth quarter, it was 29-20. to 20. Kelsey had two touchdowns after this game. Hill ended with 11 catches, 197 yards, and a touchdown. So they just, those are the Chiefs. And as long as those guys are healthy and Mahomes is healthy, they're going to put up these, point, these, these stats any game they want to. I don't know who has a defense to stop that because what was the big question about this game was uh, that whole new rebuild offensive line of the Chiefs. And if anybody was going to get pressure on him, it was going to be that Browns front. I mean, are you kidding? And there was a couple times where you'd have uh, pressure off the edge, and Mahomes just kind of like glances at it and does his little run to the side and then flings the ball down the field for 15 yards, and there's Kelsey wide open. It's amazing. But you're right. that Even though the Browns look so dominant in the first half, they just kind of slowly start lost it, and then it was – Mayfield's interception that that sealed the Chiefs win there at the end. Um it felt like it was that's, something was going to turn though. That's what it felt like. And that's
1: the thing that I see with Mayfield is Mayfield does have that that thing in him that's like, oh, "I got to win it here." It's like, "You absolutely fucking don't. Right. You absolutely don't have to win it right here. That is not what you need to do. You need to take another play. You need to like if you're throwing picks on fourth down, that's fine. Fourth down with You know, no time left, whatever. Do what you got to do. If you're throwing picks on third down, you made a mistake, buddy. You made a mistake, and and you can't make a throw like that as you're falling down into coverage. Or late-game
0: turnovers. I mean, how many games
1: ended this week,
0: that alone?
1: But he's just got to get better at that, man. He's just – Baker Mayfield has to improve on in-clutch situations near the end of the game, not forcing shit, you know, Make those plays, you know, that's the part of it is like if you're a playmaker, every once in a while you make plays for the other team. yeah and you know, with a little bit of pressure in his face right near the end, he he didn't want to he didn't want to tie, you know he didn't he, he just wanted to win so fucking bad. Um, it was impossible for him to really tie, but it was like he was forcing the issue, he
0: didn't need yeah. to force the issue. he had time. Yeah, he, yeah, he wanted to grow wings and and win it for Cleveland. You could tell, and that that's Baker Mayfield, and that's why they drafted him. That's that's the guy you got um, to clean up on this one. Uh, your boy Nick Chubb had himself a good game in the losing effort. 101 mm-hmm. total yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns. Uh, if he stays healthy, he's going to have like w- top rushing in in the league here. It sure seems like it. Well, not, yeah. maybe not rushing. And Cream Hunt but, like, vultured a touchdown. Yeah, t- yeah, that's right. And Cream Hunt took one from him too. Um, and Kareem Hunt had a good game against his old team and kind of felt like he had a little extra, too, because of that. That Yeah, Kareem Hunt had a good game. Browns lost Jedrick Wills early in this game. Their left tackle to an injury yeah. on his ankle. Apparently, x-rays have come back negative, so this just means he's day-to-day. They're not going to lose him for a long time, but will he be available for next week? I don't know about that for too much I wouldn't press it with kind of a nimble left tackle.
1: Um, you know, let that ankle heal up or he's going to be dragging it around all year. I think that's very
0: problematic for him. Yeah, I don't think they, I mean, I didn't notice that they missed him a big time immediately. We're big fans of Jedrick Willis, and he's very young, so you're yeah. right. Yeah, you want to make sure he's healthy on that On that big ankle when you're the, the tackle and you have to keep planting on it. Uh, this leads us to talk about our first game for week two. The Sunday night matchup of the Kansas City Chiefs going to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Ah, can we be so lucky? And and thank you NFL for giving us such a treat so early. Dan, it's
1: it's hard for me to pick against the Chiefs coming back against a really good Browns team. Uh, once again, the Ravens are decimated in their secondary, and the Chiefs are going to give them fits. I can't pick the Ravens in this. Having the Ravens start the season zero and two is tough for me because uh, I really like them. I like what I think they're capable of, but to get it out the gate with these injuries, I think they're going 0-2. I think Chiefs are starting 2-0. Yeah,
0: the Ravens aren't... Um, they're no uh, stranger to knowing a, a, a tough rec- schedule coming out of the break. That's what I'm trying to get out of my mouth. Uh, they've been here before, so even starting 0-2, they'd be okay. I think they're going to come in here... Uh, looking for a fight, but that they lost the one already in Vegas after so much uh, hit that they took to the, to their lineup. I think it's going to be hard to bounce back. Um, primetime in Baltimore, that's their chance there, uh, but Kansas City's going to be healthier. Kansas City's going to have all their stars going in primetime, so I like the Chiefs in that one too. I can't pick against yeah. them, like you said. But uh, but don't worry, Ravens fans. You got the Lions week three. You'll be all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's
0: a, there's a get-right game in there for all of us, let's hope. Um, all right, let's continue in the AFC, the Steelers and Bills. Let's talk about this one. Steelers 23, yeah. Bills 16. Here's another game where I talk about momentum and shifting and one team just finding it. It was 10 nothing Bills at the half. Uh, just like the Browns, it kind of felt like they were going to run away with this one. Uh, um, And then into the fourth, it was still 6-10 to Bills, and then both teams kind of turned it on for the fourth.
1: Well, this was an interesting—this was not a good Josh Allen game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Josh Allen was basically has 60% completion percentage. You'd think that'd be pretty good, but he was missing open fucking dudes. It seemed like the Steelers did a lot more work on him than he did on the Steelers this week. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, one touchdown, but that's all Roethlisberger had too. In fact, Roethlisberger's stats was one eighty eight passing. So, if you look at the two of them, they didn't a- they didn't ask much different than them. It's just Josh Allen dropped back twenty more times. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, the Bills' offense, uh, you might have a little cue for worry here because. We talked about how they didn't have a running game last year and it just didn't seem to matter. Josh Allen hit everybody. Diggs was unstoppable, unguardable. They might not let that happen. Teams might not let that happen this this game. And they kind of slowed it down a little bit here. Um Diggs with just what was his stats in this game? I'm looking it up. Well, no, 9 catches. <laughs> 9 catches with just 69 yards and he was out of the end zone. So, that's his that's that's how down you can keep Stefan Diggs.
1: Yeah, and it was weird cuz the Pittsburgh did what I kind of thought Pittsburgh would do offensively. I didn't think they were going to come out here and light it up. I you know, Ben didn't have a great game. Najee Harris didn't have a fucking great game, but the Bills kind of shat the bed. The Bills seemed really unprepared for this Pittsburgh defense, which is which is good. I mean, the Pittsburgh defense was good last year. They're good this year, and it seemed like the Bills were like fucking shocked by that. Um, yeah. like I said, it, this seemed like a bad prep game for Buffalo because we were, along with I'm sure everybody else, ready for them to to walk in there at home and just kick the shit out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it didn't happen. Steelers were ready. Bills weren't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We all picked the Bills. They didn't get this one right. Um, Deontay Johnson had a circus catch in the back of the end zone. I wanted to talk about that. Uh, that gave the Steelers the lead 13, 10 with 11 minutes left. He... <laughs> Tipped it basically to himself. There was no chance he should have had it. How he even realized the ball was still there for a chance to to catch it was amazing. So uh he is slowly becoming almost wide receiver two there. Uh watch that closely in in uh Pittsburgh. And then they immediately blocked the punt and scored on that for the touchdown. So that's when it really stacked against you. You were up ten nothing heading into the half. You didn't do much, but your defense was kind of controlling it for you stagnant offense if you're buffalo and then all of a sudden boom you're down two scores what are you going to do and they didn't have an answer for that uh they kicked the field goal with 46 seconds on left on the clock on a first and 20 to try to go onside kick to try to get the chance to throw deep down the field there it's it's a strategic move and i get what they were trying yeah. to do with,
1: with the score the way it was i don't think there's anything else you can do honestly mm-hmm. um You know, because if you really got to feel like, hey, we missed this kick, the fucking game's over. It is what it is. But uh, you got to give yourself a chance to win it. I appreciated that. Um, I I didn't think that was a bad move. You know, you're within striking distance of, of at least tying the fucking game. It's it's not a bad move. It's just like I said, they'd been so bad offensively in the second half that it was, it was hard to think that they were ever going to be able to come back, especially after that huge Pittsburgh fourth quarter.
0: Right. Plus, it was all hung on an onside kick, which we know those really don't work this year. It, we had one work this week, but uh, they don't. They're not supposed to. So, uh, Steelers sneak out a win in Buffalo. This is a game that you know you have to be thinking is going to have implications for the year in the AFC. It it's weird watching this game. I feel like I learned nothing about Pittsburgh
1: other than what I already feel like I knew, and I feel like if Buffalo is the team they thought we were, this is a wake-up game for them, and maybe we'll be the best thing for them moving forward.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, to it's start really... the season
1: like this and go, oh, you got to be ready every week, motherfucker.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to figure out, yeah, if these are the teams that we're actually going to see moving forward. Because it was. It was a tale of two, two halves, a tale of almost three and four quarters uh, until the Steelers turned it on there because there were, wasn't much from them until there needed to be. Uh, but they sure. come out with the win uh and they're up one nothing one nothing in their league so they get a home game against the Raiders week two it's Raiders Steelers it's it's basically that that grime and, and gritty 1970s game you feel like you see every time they show highlights <laughs> Raiders Steelers so who do you got in this one uh, I'm gonna take the Raiders. I feel like Derek
1: Carr is is feeling himself offensively. They they had great protection against a very blitz heavy Pittsburgh or very blitz heavy Baltimore team. I feel like they'll be able to handle what Pittsburgh has got blitz wise. I don't I don't think the front seven of Pittsburgh and the front seven of Baltimore are so dynamically different. Um, and I thought they handled Baltimore pretty well. So I know TJ Watt is a is a more disruptive force than anybody oh, man. that Baltimore's got. But I I feel like they'll handle it pretty well. Um. Yeah. If you give Derek Carr time and Darren
0: Waller gets over his jitters, Darren Waller very much could have 18 catches for 200 yards. True. Um. I don't know. I like the lineup here that the Steelers uh, are at. I think the Steelers defense figure out a way to take away one of those two weapons that I think all the Raiders hang their hat on, and, and they come out with a win because they're going to be at home here. I. It's not easy to win in Pittsburgh, especially a team that doesn't. Yeah, doesn't know him as well as like a division rival. So. I'll pick very up opposite you here. I'm going to pick the Steelers. i got to make up some games as it is. <laughs> speaking make of ground of, early in the season. Yeah, speaking of making up games, let's talk about uh, Dolphins-Patriots where, Dan, you took the Dolphins, snuck out the win in this one, 17-16. Yeah. This was a fun one. This was a very even game, and I think when we did our preview, we kind of leaned into this where we were both like, Patriots-Dolphins, maybe the Dolphins have the inch you know, lead by a little bit, and here they did. Because it was ten all at the half of this uh, Alabama versus Alabama QB game.
1: Yeah, this this is the sort of game Bill Belichick wants from Mac Jones, though. Mac Jones had less than ten yards of completion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is good old fashioned year three Tom Brady shit right there. <laughs> you know that is that is uh, you know I don't stretch the fucking field. That's that's not what I do. I I'm here. I'm sideline to sideline, and it only goes five yards. Uh, But Mac Jones composed himself pretty well, was fairly accurate. That's really all you can ask for from a young quarterback. I thought Tua struggled. Um, I I thought he was missing some open throws again. I thought the protection was good enough for him to be successful. I know they won this game, but I don't think Tua won everybody over or won anybody else over as, like,
0: the the absolute fucking starter there in Miami. I thought he looked a little skittish. No, you want to see him, yeah, like, take on a big win and this was almost the defense i think winning it for the dolphins if you look at it they, oh yeah because of the turnover and everything late i mean two a an interception in the fourth quarter and that doesn't help because the dolphins just got the lead after that and then the ball back they could have buried him at that point so um yeah it was seven three dolphins and it was 10 all at the half 17 three into the fourth Oh, uh Waddle, the rookie, gets a touchdown uh, in the game, too. That was nice. And then Harris's fumble had three minutes and 30 left on that clock. Patriots just never got the ball back. I think that is a big uh, issue when you talk about Tua and whether or not he's a uh, franchise quarterback for the Dolphins that's up in the air. For the Patriots, the thing that Mac Jones and this young offense is missing is kind of a good running game. I mean, they leaned heavily yeah. on Damian Harris, but he only averaged about four yards a carry, 23 carries for 100 yards, and then that fumble. And if anything like other Bill Belichick backs, well, we won't see him for two weeks. Like, not even his face, not even <laughs> around the the practice squad. <laughs> Where's Damian Harris? Uh, don't worry about it. Um, but who do you turn to? He well, died, you died White, to fire. You know, the, all these other guys. Yeah. Oh, maybe Ramondi Stevenson gets going here, the rookie. I don't know.
1: That's the tough thing, man. Is you, you, I mean, the Dolphins are what they are. I don't think they're going to be. Watching this game, I wasn't super impressed. Obviously, it's a division game, and you know it's Flores versus Belichick. So who really knows what either of these teams are capable of? Sure. But uh, I thought their defense was good enough to win. I thought their offense isn't really playoff caliber. Um, You know, we'll see if Tua can turn it around. It'll it'll make me have a bit more confidence in the Dolphins but it feels very much like the patriots are still experimenting out there. So who knows? Maybe Damien Harris is back in, you know, and throws the ball a couple times next week cuz Belichick's like, "Fuck it, let's give it a shot."
0: I think he has to be because I l- you look at the rest of that lineup and there's I mean, it's, it's usually hot hand running backs that way anyways, but yeah, I think my my point is that th- this is still a work in progress of Belichick kind of building the backup. Um I don't know if they yeah, either of these teams our playoff teams are not yet. There's a, there's one more seed out there kind of thing. These are bubble guys. These are the bubble guys. Um, the Dolphins yeah. are going to continue with their divisional matchups as they go home, but they're playing the Bills in, round, in I was going to say round two, in week two here. <laughs> Bills, Dolphins, Dan, what are you thinking? Uh,
1: I think Bills are going to throat fuck them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Bills are like, oh, right, we have to take this shit seriously the Bills are more talented than the Dolphins. The Bills have more playmaking options than the Dolphins. The Bills are a better defensive team than the Dolphins and much better offensively. There is no reason why these Bills should not go into Miami and absolutely fuck up the Dolphins. If they don't, however, start sounding the fucking panic alarm in Buffalo because they're 0-2 with a division rival loss
0: and a big-time AFC loss. Yeah, That's huge. I think it's another pull of a tough defensive matchup. This team's got to know them very well, and it has to be their best competition in this division. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So this might be their toughest in-division game all year on the road to Miami. Uh, But I agree with you. I can't choose the Bills to go 0-2. No, they're they're my team to uh, have the best record in the AFC once all said and done. And if you look at how good the AFC West is, somebody should be able to take some chunks out of the chiefs and the bills would be the team then to take that spot to take that number one seat so bills right the ship here they go into miami and win a big one that's what i'm going to say too so i agree with you there let's continue we got a couple more games before the break let's talk about the jets and panthers game which turned out pretty good the darnold game was a fun one to watch uh 14 to 19 panthers won it we all picked the panthers to win uh it was yeah. 16 to nothing panthers at the half uh, due to a missed extra point, would have been 17, but 16 to nothing there uh, for uh, Zach Wilson's uh, introduction game. Got to look at him a little bit. Uh, he looks he looks like a feisty player with a strong arm, good accuracy. I don't know what else to say. Like He's playing for the Jets, so he's going to have to take <laughs> his bruises here for a while uh, through two touchdowns, he's one doomed. interception. Yeah, he, he's a still kind of a smaller guy he's gonna have to he has to run around uh like he's like a I I don't want to give him the the connection of other stuff like I don't know a um a Doug Flutie with a couple extra inches and a better arm (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't think he's
1: people sleep on how fucking mobile Doug Flutie was you go watch some old 80s Flutie tape it's fucking crazy good he was like a he was closer to Lamar Jackson I think honestly than he was to uh to to young buck here in in new
0: jersey see over the line
1: (laughs) i so there were two things i watched from zach wilson number one absolutely a rookie number two holy fuck that arm talent is for real there were some throws out there that you go oh i see why you moved on from sam darnold after scouting this fucking guy he's the real deal but sam darnold looked like a valid quarterback down there uh, you know, in Carolina. I mean, you know, he's he's throwing to Robbie Anderson. He's He looks okay. He looked efficient. He doesn't look like a guy that's going to be a world beater, but he looks like a guy that could still be a valid quarterback for an NFL
0: team, and that's really what the Panthers need is they're still in rebuild mode. I think you're right, and what I've noticed with the Panthers too is uh, they're not a bad team. They're just a, a young team kind of molding themselves, and they need like that one more offensive weapon Plus a better quarterback, probably when it's all said and done, because uh, that the 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 defensive line is finally like kind of fixed. Six sacks in this game, they put the yeah, pressure I mean, on all game. The long. big thing is, um, they their defense was really yeah, just sweltering in this game until the second half, and the Jets kind of found some some rhythm on offense. Um, let's see, Panthers fumbled on a fourth and short on in goal on the end of the first half so they could have been up even more but it it ended up not mattering jets get the touchdown go for two they're up it's eight to 16 then eight to 19 in this one uh but their second touchdown is under two minutes left so even the 14 to 19 is uh kind of (laughs) garbage because they had to get an onside kick to even make a chance back
1: yeah, this, this felt like the Panthers were in charge of this whole game. You know, there's another game we're going to talk about where the comeback is even more spectacular and just as fucking useless. Um, but I, I think the Panthers have a distinct problem in that they need another weapon other than Christian McCaffrey. Because holy fuck, it can't just be Christian McCaffrey doing everything.
0: Uh, right. unless you have him for your fantasy team, in which case, congratulations. Jesus Christ. Yeah, in, in which case, yeah, if you have McCaffrey, Darren Waller, a couple other guys, you had, you had yourself a good week. Um, 187 total yards from scrimmage, yeah. McCaffrey's going to lead your team in rushing and receiving almost every week. Just that's him. Um, then the uh, Jets, if you're on the other side of the ball, who boy, you want to talk about a team that got hit with injuries. Yeah. LaMarcus Joyner is likely out the year with torn arm tendon. Makai Becton is going to be out about four to six weeks with an arthroscopic knee surgery. You talk about a big guy. If he's going to start having knee surgeries, you get worried a little bit. And then even their punter, bad. Braden Mann, is going to be out four to six weeks.
1: Yeah, and I don't – the Jets don't look bad. Robert Sala definitely has got a rebuild on his hands. Um, but yeah, the the Jets are in for a rough fucking season. The injuries just make it much rougher. Right. I think they make it much rougher on Zach Wilson more than anybody. You know, you want a guy like Mackay Becton in there while you're learning to play quarterback, so at least you don't have to
0: worry about your blindside all the goddamn time. <laughs> at least Mackay Beckton Yeah, yeah. You, if nothing else, let him have the time, and so he doesn't get his ass beat in the bad year. But <clears throat> excuse me, it's gonna be a ro- it's gonna be a long one for the Jets. We kind of saw this coming. It, it, it's it's Look, miracles don't happen overnight. Uh, and the Jets, the things ain't going to get easier. You're going home, but you get the Patriots uh, as the hey, the AFC East is uh, playing itself here this week, too. Who do you like at Patriots or Jets? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Patriots. I, the Patriots
1: didn't show me a bad team or an inefficient team. They showed me a young team that is good defensively, has kind of steady quarterback play that's unremarkable and I think that'll be enough to beat a kind of kind of moribund abundant you know deficient Jets team I even at home I feel like the Patriots can win
0: this thing yeah yeah I'm not I'm not gonna start picking Jets in, in any football games here for a while you know until they start playing the Jaguars so I'll take the Patriots as well uh to to go one and one all right one more game before the break let's talk about and um you know, I'll have a little smile on my face as we do. Packers 3, Saints 38. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, this was one I asked you, Dan. I go, maybe we should just put it in the two-minute, no offense. I mean, really, what did we figure out in this one? But you said no. You said you really wanted to talk about it, and I didn't fight you. <laughs> so
1: I want to talk about a conspiracy theory.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I already
1: know this I, one. But I'm sure you've heard this. Game took place in Jacksonville. Aaron Rodgers... Aaron Rodgers is intentionally throwing the season <laughs> just to fuck with Green Bay for not letting him get traded. I love this. Um, I think I don't think it's real. I would love if it is because that means Aaron Rodgers is a next-level fucking psycho and no one should trade for him because that's cancerous. Um, what I think happened is another example of kind of what happened in Buffalo uh, is that the pack, the Packers were like, oh, we're going to kick the shit out of the Saints. We don't need to do any game film. The Saints haven't been sleeping in their fucking beds. The Saints are not ready to go. Uh, Yeah, we're going to kick the Saints' ass in Jacksonville. Yeah, let's fucking go. Meanwhile, the Saints, when you can't focus on your house, when you're not at home, you're sitting in a fucking hotel room, all you're doing is prepping football. Hmm. And it seemed like they were ready to fucking go, and Green Bay was not ready for that smoke. I was shocked by this game, as shocked as the Packers were. Um but man, that I I am now worried about that Packers defense uh, because v- Sean Payton, as much as you hate him, is an offensive genius, and he picked that defense apart. Yeah. Um. So he kind of gave everybody a game plan for how you can attack that defense, you know, and just fucking wreck it. You don't need an Alvin Kamara; it helps to have one. Uh. But you can get positive production from fucking Tony Jones. Uh. That means that it's it's not just players; it's scheme, and they attacked this green bay defense and absolutely shredded it
0: the uh the conspiracy theory my my mom actually texted me that same thing too like do you think that Rodgers is actually throwing i was like yeah no i seriously do not think that like it's the funniest thing i've ever heard but no i don't think that um this game did go kind of pear-shaped for the packers too to kind of put in that aspect uh the saints scored on uh, both of their first two drives and their once they were done with their second drive and their 10 nothing lead it was already halfway through the second quarter like they just dominated time of possession the Packers had it the one dr- uh, point and then that was it there was like almost two minutes left or something so it was Packers had to race down the field uh, to get a field goal right before the half and it was 17 nothing, and then and then that so uh, 17-3 Saints at the half, and then Rodgers is already throwing two interceptions by that point, and it just didn't look good. He when he was out there, it looked like he he'd roll over to the side, he'd buy the time, and just nobody would ever get open, or he wouldn't find anybody open. Um, is that a little bit of a rust maybe? Because he wasn't around the whole time. Because he's you know, I mean, he's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, obviously. So what do you think that is? If it's not the conspiracy theory then what is it with Aaron? Uh, I mean, as much as he is
1: one of the greats of all time, timing is a fucking issue. If you spent the last six months playing Jeopardy and fucking Shailene Woodley, you'd be a little <laughs> rusty too. Yeah. Um, and uh, Shailene Woodley, uh, she was a good Mary Jane pick for Amazing Spider-Man. We never get to see how that panned out. You know, I'm a little bitter there. But at the same time, like, yeah, this... It, Aaron Rodgers was like, yeah, I can beat this team. It was a cockiness that is natural to Aaron Rodgers, but I've never seen him get his ass kicked this badly being normal Aaron Rodgers-level cocky.
0: Yeah, they, they you know? had a... The, the, Sorry.
1: Yeah, the, the arm is still there. The talent's still there. This is still a team that has enough weapons. Devontae Adams is still one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, Aaron Jones is still one of the most underrated backs in the league, but Aaron Jones was pretty much out of this game by the second quarter. Yeah. And and that's problematic because then we know that this is Aaron Rodgers' team, but you have to be able to keep people on their toes with
0: Aaron Jones and the Saints didn't even worry about him for the whole game. You're right. Yeah. It got yeah, it got pear-shaped. It got it became a one-sided type of contest. Packers had to go for it deep in their own end on a fourth and short and they didn't get that, so the Saints immediately make that points too. Um they bench Rodgers pretty early in the th- the fourth quarter due to all this stuff. Packers have an interception at one point that's called back for a very questionable roughing the the passer uh, hit. That I was like, yeah, I would be really thinking this is going to be a big. That would be a bigger call if it wasn't already thirty-one to three or whatever it was. So they maybe was shouldn't been that big of a loss. I think that the score. 38 to 3 is because it got out of hand more than the Saints dominated them that much but the Saints did dominate the first two well, the first half enough that it took all of the all of the air out of the Packers' sails.
1: Yeah, I that that passer or that roughing the passer thing was really bullshit. Like yeah. when we're talking about it's a bang bang play, the ball is out of his hands, he gets hit. He gets hit hard. But Zadarius Smith goes out of his way not to land on his body. It looked like and
0: it's It looked like Winston it's, jumped in the air, like threw his legs up after the hit or something. It was weird.
1: Yeah. But the the point that was made was also James Winston kinda knew that was a clean hit. Like usually if you're a quarterback, any quarterback, I don't care. Tom Brady does it on every play, but every quarterback, <laughs> if you think he got a penalty, you look around to the ref and be like, Hey man, what the fuck? Uh James Winston was like, oh, yeah, no, that was just a really hard hit. I'm going to get the fuck up and, and get my get my turnover back. But, yeah, to your point, when when you do that and you're already kicking the shit out of the team, it doesn't matter as much. Like The Packers can complain about that play. I would be more concerned that the NFL uses that as like, hey, by the way, this is the sort of shit we do not want to throw flags on down the road. That's a really good defensive play, and
0: that's the sort of hits we still want in the league so a uh, big win by the saints but again injuries hit them the hardest uh Lattimore, it's going to need thumb surgery but apparently that's only going to limit them about week to week maybe he will miss a couple there uh but they lost their center eric mccoy's got a calf strain so he's going to miss some time and so will marcus davenport with a pec strain so those are some big guys marcus on the line davenport cannot stay healthy <laughs> right right yeah and we've seen that yeah plenty um, oh, but man, you know what? Once in a while, does does the football gods give me a little uh, Packers beatdown? I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I've, I've, it's been a lot of 13 and 3 years, especially lately, guys, so once in a while. Um, folks, on this show, like you've noticed, we like to hit every single game. Every single week We want to talk about your teams That's why you listen We want to bridge the gap And talk about every team in the league uh, Unless, you know, you're on a bye week And then we'll talk about the game you got coming up uh, But in order to do that Once in a while You just gotta speed through some things So when we return From the break A fun little thing that is only near and dear To the to the Push Off podcast and our listeners You want to be here for it We'll be right back for it After. Okay, we're back from the break. We have many, many more games to go for uh, what happened week one. So let's speed this up a little bit, folks. uh, Here at the Push-Out Podcast, once in a while, some of these games we just don't feel like deserve all the time and all the breath in the world to talk about, so we do a little thing called the 2 minutes. No offense. Because no
1: offense, but if you find yourself in this section of the game, maybe you're Matt fucking Nagy. Uh, maybe, maybe you have really just kind of lost your team and lost your fan base and nobody really gives a fuck anymore. So, you know, we are contractually obligated to talk about every team, but we are not contractually obligated to be interested.
0: (laughs) What contracts are these and how much are they paying you? Let's get into this. I get paid in Snickers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, let's get into this. So I want to, uh, you got the clock. I do.
1: And, uh, I love this for anybody wondering this is matt ryan's cadence
0: uh ready but go all right uh jaguars lost to the texans dan you picked the texans 37 21 yeah these jaguars are a real piece of shit huh oh my god it was 27 to 7 texans at the half texans were supposed to be the joke not the jaguars you got that trevor lawrence but three touchdowns three picks he looks like a rookie gunslinging it out there just he's flinging it the guy's got an arm though yeah, get ready for pain, uh, Jacksonville, and get ready
1: for just moderate, mild success if you're a Texans fan. Occasionally, Tarad looks fine. We love you know, our boy Tarad. This is not going to be a yeah.
0: It's not going to be an embarrassing Texans team. They're just not going to be good, and Jacksonville is going to be a real shit show. We've made it a full calendar year since a Jaguars won the game, won a game, full calendar year. All right, Eagles Whoa. beat the Falcons Yuck. thirty-two to six. Nobody picked this one. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's cuz the effects. fucking I thought the
1: Falcons were going to be better. I thought they were going to be better. They're not. They're fucking bad. Matt Ryan's
0: toast. Uh <laughs> Matt uh, Ryan's
1: toast, that offense is toast.
0: Yeah. An amazing uh, uh, Eagles toast. win. DeVonta Smith got a touchdown catch. Uh you know, And then we don't even barely give it any time. Sorry, Todd. Uh, but over the last 44 minutes and 52 seconds of this game, the Falcons ran one play on the Eagles' side of the field. Oh, yes. boy. I, Falcons might be really bad this year. And then finally, you hinted at it, uh, Sunday night game, Bears 14, Rams 34. Uh, we all picked it. It was all Rams in this one.
1: I'll tell you this much. If you're a Bears fan and you're like, I want Justin Fields in. No, you don't. You want Matt Nagy fired. So just wait. Just (laughs) give it a second and let
0: him get fucking fired. One will take care of the other. Uh, And for the Bears side, I liked how Montgomery ran. Are we out? Timed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He always looks good. That's the time. Okay. That's the time on those. Um, Yeah. Uh, Stafford looked good. I mean, three touchdowns. We'll see. All right, well, we'll get to the – we'll we'll talk more about those teams as we talk about their games coming up next week. In fact, let's start with those Texans. Hot Texans going to Cleveland to play the Browns. Dan, do they keep it going?
1: I, I don't feel like the Texans are very good. I, I just don't feel like they're a very good team. I mean, I know they had a decent showing – uh, but there's no way they keep this up. I mean, especially against the Browns. Yeah. The Browns are going right? to fuck them yeah. up.
0: I assume that too. I'm with you. I am pretty sure that the Browns are uh, going to have a little bounce back here, and both these teams are going to be one and one after this. So I like Cleveland as well. But uh, hey, shock the world, Houston. Why not? Let's see what you can do. Uh, we nobody gave you credit for it, so let's see what you can do. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, moving right along, let's talk about the Thursday nighter, Dan. We put it off. But it was a great game nonetheless. Cowboys twenty nine, Buccaneers thirty one. Finally, uh, I got one one over you in the picking department here. Um, what did you? Yeah, I'll give you the the floor first on this one. <laughs> so I'll
1: I'll start with the positives. The positives are Dak is fucking back. Uh, looked fucking really good. The one interception that he had was directly through the hands of cd lamb Mm -hmm. uh that was a fucking laser beam it was a great throw should have been caught instead threw his hands into a defender um this is the defending super bowl champs at home we lost this game by two because our kicker couldn't convert a 30 yarder that's why we lost this this is not a great defense for the Dallas Cowboys uh, we're still learning we're still getting there you know this is still a new system for them to learn and and defenses traditionally don't start off the season hot so I'm not super worried uh but holy shit this offense is ready to go I need more out of Zeke but I feel like uh against the against the 10 baby defensive line nobody's really running hard against them anyway so you know why why break yourself against the wall um Brady still looks good. His arm hasn't fallen off. This Tampa Bay team offensively is definitely legit. Defensively, they're definitely legit. And and the Cowboys were able to kind of run through them. Well, not run, but they were kind of able to pass all over them. Uh, but nobody's got a, a three-headed monster like the Cowboys wide receiver group. So I feel like Tampa Bay is, is for real. I feel like the Cowboys' offense is for real. And in a weak NFC East, I feel like that's going to be plenty.
0: Um yeah. No, that's that's very well put here. Uh, it was a back and forth game. Both quarterbacks threw the ball all over the place. Prescott, 58 attempts. Brady, the 44-year-old, 50 attempts. Like, Jesus. Um, you did say that you didn't think anybody had a three-headed attack like the uh, Cowboys did. Are you talking about the wide receivers or are you talking about with the back as well as being Zeke? Oh, just, just wide receivers. I mean, I know Gallup is out
1: for a couple weeks with an injury, uh, but you've still got Cooper, you've still got CD. Uh, if you've got Cooper, you've got CD, and you've got Zeke actually functioning, that's devastating. When Gallup comes back, I don't know how the fuck you defend that with enough players on the field.
0: I agree. Zeke had a, had a down week, and that was because they, they asked uh, McCarthy that, and McCarthy's like, well, we're just going with what they're giving us. And obviously when Prescott throws for over 400 yards, you go with what they give you. Uh, and they didn't give you the run, so he just kept throwing it. Uh, I ca- can't agree with you that they are the only team with that three-headed monster wide receiver, though, when you look at the team that they just played here across the other line. Uh, Mike Evans had a down game himself, but with Godwin and, oh, my God, Anto- this is a little man. His name is Antonio, and he is back. Antonio Brown uh, is it's scary if he keeps doing what he did on Thursday night throughout the season because then they're stacked. You had Gronkowski on top of that who had two touchdowns and kept killing like through the, the uh, seams. It was like, shoot, uh, I didn't know that the Buccaneers, this offense wasn't even this good last year when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: the Buccaneers are more talented than the Cowboys, I will grant you that, especially when you factor in their defensive talent. But this is a team... I think both of these teams are going to meet in the playoffs. There's not a chance that they don't see each other again. This is a team in the Buccaneers that is lock tight offensively, lock tight defensively. And this is a Dallas defense that, if that defense improves, and I really do think it's possible because with that defensive line rotation, with the depth at linebacker, there's, I mean, if the secondary improves, if we just get a little bit more performance from Antonio Brown or from Anthony Brown, who was getting picked on all fucking game uh this is a a back 7 that is very very interesting to me. I feel like this is a team that can absolutely make big fucking movements in the NFC.
0: Um yeah, in the long run it felt like Cowboys settled too many for too many field goals and points too and that's what didn't come up with the the total of the points but it it came down to who had it last and it's just unfortunate that the Brady and the Bucks did and they made sure to have no time left on the clock uh, let's talk about let's move on and talk about Falcons going to Tampa to play the Buccaneers Tampa gets two home games to start it off what are you thinking?
1: Yeah. oh my god after what the Philadelphia Eagles were able to do to this fucking uh, Falcons team I pray, I'm not even religious I'm praying for the Falcons they are going to get fucking rolled. It's going to be awful. Yeah. Uh, or or we learn that the Cowboys are actually frauds and so are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I doubt that more than the uh, Matt Ryan-led anemic Falcons being so obviously shitty. I think Tampa Bay crushes. Them.
0: This almost feels like the lock of the week. It's a divisional game, which again, we're supposed to say like, oh, everything's out the window. But oh, the Falcons did not look good last week, so I'll take Buccaneers as well, obvious um continuing along uh another good game chargers and the washington football team chargers win this one 20 to 16 we picked opposite this one and again another one you got on me as you took the chargers they held the lead 13 to 9 at the half uh right before the half the football team lost their starting quarterback fitzpatrick knocked out in the second quarter and he's going to be out for a little bit it sounds like
1: I I don't think he was being really super effective before he went out. So, you know, it's not like he's the future. I like the idea that they get to try, you know, Taylor Heineke uh, for at least a full season before they say, hey, we got to go get somebody in free agency or the draft. Um, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is the answer. I don't think Taylor Heineke is the answer. I as good as I think this Washington football team defense is, I feel like offensively they just don't have the weapons. They don't have it in the running game. I know Antonio Gibson had 90 yards, but it wasn't an impressive 90. Um, and yeah, Terry McLaurin um, had a an okay game. I feel like the wide receiver group didn't, you know, didn't separate themselves. Uh, then again this Chargers defense is probably better than we're giving it credit for um and Justin Herbert looked really really good on offense he
0: did he uh, had a interception late in the game so there was turnovers there right at the end Her- Herbert has an interception inside the 10 yard line with 12 minutes left in that game you can't do that uh and usually win the game but Gibson immediately fumbled it right back to him so he got lucky and got out of there with the win um Fitzpatrick never felt like, you're right, never felt like it was a franchise pick. It it was a patchwork QB uh, when you put a 38-year-old in there that's played everywhere. So this doesn't feel like a team that would go out and make a trade for another QB, right? Like a Nick Foles or something, even if they strung together a couple wins or what?
1: Uh, This is a team that could potentially be looking at Deshaun Watson. Oh, gosh. Yeah, sure. Um, and that would turn, that would turn this Washington football team into something different. And, you know, Dan Snyder's like, well, as a rapist myself, (laughs) uh, this really, I feel like is a great opportunity for this team to just add more sex pests, uh, and belligerent sexual predators. And let's
0: make it, let's make a game of it, huh? Let's do it. What? Let's, let's be those sex pests. (laughs) Uh, this, speaking of Washington and their mess, there was a video too that, that surfaced of like a pipe that burst and just like water just dumping out <laughs> onto the, the seats in there, and like uh, this whole section had to get up and leave because there's just and some guys are yelling, "It's sewage! It's sewage!" on the on the video. Oh, great Washington, you're still the joke of the league.
1: Yeah. He he was actually uh, just talking about uh, Washington's offense on the <laughs> yeah. field. He he didn't even know the pipe had first. No it's so
0: it's so. Oh, you think so? What? Oh, I just assumed someone spilled their beer. Um, yeah. This, <laughs> I, but Washington. I don't know. This this game looked tight. It's up in the air to me how good these teams can be. Um, because it, it, there they were also two teams that you know, won't see each other that much. So. Where do they go from here? It's very interesting, but Washington loses a home game. That that'll be a big thing moving forward. Um, we'll let us discuss uh, that the Chargers get your Cowboys come into their place. So it's in L.A. Cowboys at Chargers. What do you think?
1: I mean, I'm I'm going Cowboys all the way. I I feel like our offense is just that fucking good. I would be devastated by the Cowboys starting zero two. Um, I, they've got to win this fucking game. They've got to win. Of course, you're um, going Cowboys.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I absolutely am. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Justin Herbert's gonna be good. Um, if Trevon Diggs has anywhere near the game he had uh, against
0: against Justin Herbert, that he would get into Tom Brady, uh,
1: this is a runaway Cowboys. Um,
0: win. I agree with you, and there's a reason why I think this is an easy Cowboys win. Is I think it's gonna be a Cowboys home game. Dallas has fans all across the U.S., and a lot of them are probably living in L.A., got a lot of games back in the 90s and, and grew up on these Cowboys, and uh, there's probably more Cowboy fans in L.A. than there are Chargers fans. That's their, that's their team. This is a opening the stadium game for the Chargers, and their fans finally get to come into SoFi, that, which that stadium was so cool looking in that Rams game under the lights. It was. Uh, that was really neat to watch. So yeah um now it's gonna be for the chargers no i I think the cowboys are gonna feel a a lot of home fans there and they're gonna win that one so i like cowboys on the road uh moving right along the broncos beat the giants on the road 27 to 13 now this is not a game that you chose correct it's not a game i chose correct but do you know who did my mom. Your mom. That's right. My mom picked the Broncos on the road here. Broncos actually looked good pretty well through this one. They had a 10-7 lead at the half. Teddy Bridgewater, the ever-game manager, threw two touchdowns, and uh, they got a nice long touchdown run by uh, Gordon there in late too.
1: We always forget about your mother, though. Currently she's wearing two gloves. Two gloves. <laughs> uh, she never, never lost the, te- the Teddy love. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Teddy looked good. Honestly, in this game, I know there's the the thing we keep seeing on the replay is Teddy kind of shimmying and throwing a touchdown to uh, Albert O. But uh, yeah, he was good. He was a game manager. But that's exactly what Fangio wanted. And this defense really made the Giants' offense look bad. And the Giants' defense didn't look like they were ready to play either. I know we talked about in the season preview that you know the. The Giants may have the second-best offense and the second-best defense. In this game, it looked like they had the fourth-best offense and the fourth-best defense. This was not a
0: sharp game for New York. No. In fact, it it could have been much worse um, than the score allowed. It was 27-7 in that last touchdown the Giants put on with one second on the clock like it was all right well Giants score touchdown but the broncos won at that exact same moment so um it was uh it's not all good news jerry judy gets carded off with a real bad ankle injury uh it's a high ankle sprain so he's gonna be out at least four to six weeks the young talented wide receivers like that that's the last ones you want to see go out because a lot of fun to watch um and yeah and right before that that was that dropped KJ Hamler, like deep touchdowns. So there was a chance the Broncos uh, could have, like, really put these Giants away even earlier. And that's scary because, again, this is a very good AFC West. Both AFC, or excuse me, both West divisions are undefeated here in 1 0 uh, after this week. And uh, Broncos look like they've gotten much better. Um, yes, they're going to be without Jerry Judy. And yes, they played a Giants team that was still seemed to be. Uh, they're they're like babying Saquon Barkley a little bit. They're not going to him constantly. Yeah. Um. It obviously didn't look like a return from injury like uh, Christian McCaffrey did.
1: No. It Saquon Barkley averaged two point six yards per carry. Yeah. You can make a running back get more than two point six yards per carry, but not if he's only got ten carries. Daniel Jones led this team in rushing. That's not great.
0: So what, are, are we worried about that? Is it still a uh, – is, is Saquon Barkley, are they rushing him back in and this was like a way of, whoops, we shouldn't give him the ball too much, or what are they doing?
1: Well, I think they were just feeling – this is a good Broncos defense. Like, I, I want to put the same sort of logic that I put on Tampa Bay stifling Zeke that I do on you know the Broncos stifling Saquon. The Broncos are a good defensive team. And they were not presenting any really good wide-open running lanes for Saquon Barkley or anybody. Uh, Daniel Jones didn't look great. I mean, he was more efficient through the air, but that's because they really just filled the box. Like, Denver filled the box and Saquon wasn't doing anything. Saquon wasn't really involved in the passing game the way he used to be, so that's problematic. The fact that he only had 10 rushes and one catch, that means they're not even looking to him. They don't think he's ready.
0: Maybe he doesn't feel like he's ready. Yeah um well i asked for my fantasy team and i really hope he turns it around uh the (laughs) broncos are staying on the east coast they're gonna just go south and play the jaguars week two it is denver in jacksonville yeah what are you thinking
1: how about denver starting the season two and oh huh that's pretty good (laughs) yeah
0: things uh, and on the road too things really lining up for denver look at them go um, yeah, Broncos, at Jaguars, uh, actually this was the, uh, the last time these two teams played was when I went out and saw the game in Colorado in Denver with Pat and we all got sick, but that was a, that was a blast <laughs> of a game. That was the comeback win for the Jaguars and, uh, Minshew mania back then. Uh, I see a little different here. i um, very excited to see, um, uh, Lawrence grow th- through this, but I think the one thing is, um. We were noticing what the head coach there, Urban uh, Meyer, in uh, Jacksonville is like kind of sweating a little bit going, okay, this this might be a little bit tougher. It's it's not a easy switch yeah. up yeah, like the NCAA was. Yeah, I have a feeling Urban Meyer is
1: going to come down with a heart condition suddenly. Uh, <laughs> like oh no, my heart. Oh, I can't do this anymore. Oh, are you Chip Kelly in this? Just kind of like a bitch. <laughs> are you doing a medical Chip Kelly? Is that what's happening? Uh, uh, yeah. There's there's two people that are sick. It's Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. They are sick to death watching the Broncos defensive film, knowing that they have to face them next week. They're not ready. Here to they go. come
0: here. They come to your front door. Uh, Let's also get this opportunity to talk about the Thursday night game. This is the uh, first one to start off the week. It's Giants at Washington. We get the NFC East tilt here. Um, Giants are hoping to have Evan Ingram back uh, tight end here for this game, but he's still questionable. Uh,
1: Boo, boo this game. (laughs) This is a bad game. Um, But I feel like Washington's going to win this one. I feel like the defense for Washington – did not disappoint against a much better offense in the Chargers. And like I said, I I think the Washington defense is about as good as the Denver defense, maybe even a little bit better. And if Taylor Heineke has an entire week with the first-team offense, the offense can only get better. So I feel like this is a narrow Washington win.
0: I like Washington in this one too, actually. At home, uh, Giants ha- can't have a lot of... Uh... Um, momentum here coming in after that 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 wasn't a very good looking loss so I like Washington uh, at home here bouncing back and getting a the win uh, there's a report too that we're going to get some news r- regarding Hard Knocks, the future of Hard Knocks during halftime of this game mm. Mm. I know very Ooh. ominous and now it gives me a no reason to watch a Giants-Washington game in the middle of the week <laughs> like I was going <laughs> to do anything else um, all right, speaking of a boo this game, uh, Vikings 24, Bengals 27. Overtime <laughs> loss for uh, my team, the Vikings. Um, yeah, let's jump into this. Uh, Vikings started off the game with the first lead, but then the Bengals jumped up 21-7 to uh, with under 10 minutes into the third with that lead. And then it finally looked like Vikings offense was like, oh, okay, we kind of know how to move the ball now. Uh, and they got going with it. Um, tied it up. Uh, With Joseph kicking a 53-yard field goal, they had to drive from the 12-yard line with no timeouts and uh, seconds left. I don't even know how how little was left in there to get in line for that field goal. Uh, Take it to overtime. Both teams had chances with the ball. That's the one thing we argue about. Overtime is, oh boy, when you don't get the opportunities. Uh, Vikings were heading into field goal range. Dalvin Cook drops the ball. Uh, They call it a fumble on the field and i have to say it that way mm. they call it a fumble on the field you go back and look at it and who boy i mean it's one of those somebody snapping the ball out of his uh arm while he's falling down you know when does his butt hit the ground when does the ball actually lose his arms it's a very bang bang play it's it when uh when you're the uh fourth or fifth uh game on fox you don't get all of the uh, cameras and you only get a couple of views at it and that's what happens no um knowing what they called on the field and everything you, i kind of just I, I couldn't see them overturning it so you just could tell that was going to happen but you still had an opportunity Bengals uh and and joe burrow threw a great game uh they got down the field they got into the field goal range and kicked the walk off so Bengals win the, that uh that one at home I, I feel
1: like I am sexually attracted to the way Joe Burrow throws the football.
0: <laughs> oh boy,
1: that's I'm not I'm not sexually attracted to Joe Burrow. It's a very particular attraction. I am attracted to the way he throws the football. That shit is fucking gorgeous. Holy shit! I I mean I love Burrow tape coming out of college, and I liked his tape last year. But one, Joe Burrow beefed up. That's evident. Like you watch him on the sidelines. Fucking dude got stronger. He was in the weight room all off season, ready to go. Those those forearms are baseball forearms. Uh, I know we we talk this. I don't mean this is a, a pejorative. Sometimes this podcast gets a little gay <laughs> about men's bodies. So I'm going to take this time to get a little gay about Jeroboro. Um God, he's gorgeous. He really is. Uh, the air underneath those long tosses, the strength—like he's got—he added zip on the ball, man. Mm-hmm. His 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 fastball is faster than it was last year. I Zach Taylor also pure balls in this game. Zach Taylor went for so many fourth down conversions, that one, and was like yeah. converting them. What like, blew up and that one, one blew up in it, his face, he, though. The one at like the 30. yeah, he he did have one. But I I love the fact that you're combining a guy like Joe Burrow, who clearly is confident, uh, composed, like uh, a great leader, good mobility, great arm strength, with a coach like Zach Taylor that's like, fuck it, house money. I'm either going to get fired or I'm going to be the guy that moves Joe Burrow into a playoff caliber quarterback. And I love the fact that he's not playing tight. Zach Taylor is trying to win these games, not trying to avoid losing them. I like this Bengals team suddenly. I didn't think I was going
0: to. Now I kind of like them. No, they're very young, but if Joe Burrow gets uh, confidence behind success and that's going to lead to more success, this could be a very good team or at least mediocre uh, rising up help bubble playoff team, depending on how the rest of the division goes. So they've got a tough old road to go through there. But, yeah, I didn't see a helpless team there, but I also didn't see a team that made that many mistakes – And let's go to the other side of the ball. Uh, Holy God, you had 12 penalties in like the first half before you could get out into halftime there. Uh, Anyway, the Vikings could shoot themselves in the foot. They were kind of doing it in the first half. And then the second half, um, there's just a couple times where the refs were like, here, give me the gun and I'll finish off the job. Uh, And I wanted it to kind of be Joe Burrow. Like when Joe Burrow hit uh, Jamar Chase for the 50-yard touchdown, I was like, all right then make me lose that this way then like if i'm gonna lose then let's lose and instead we fought all the way back which i loved seeing that from the team uh that you know the, the don't quit attitude let's hope that doesn't go away their defense got five sacks they definitely look improved there uh but there was still a little too many gashes late on the run game they got to tighten that up and then um you know i saw justin jefferson dropping some passes And if he's going to be, like, this next best wide receiver, he's got to stop letting those go through his hands. There's a couple that, like, uh, the pass is down a little bit low. I mean, Cousins passing a little bit behind him, and he's kind of throwing his hands up, like, frustrated. And it's like, that's not a good sign for your second year.
1: No and it, it's it's funny I think at the halftime they're like Kirk Cousins is holding onto the ball too fucking yes. long. You know Zimmer was like he needs to fucking get rid of the ball. Stop holding onto the fucking ball so long. But he was he was he was getting good protection especially in the first half and he was being way too fucking precious with the ball. Yeah. Get the fucking thing out, get it in your playmaker's hands. Um he did seem to settle down in the second half and was productive. Yeah, yeah, he You talked about this last week. Where you said, "Hey, if we lose this game, we lose it on the road to an AFC team. It doesn't fucking matter to our record at all." Um, I I walked away with positives to the Vikings. Yes, they did fight back. They seemed surprised by these Bengals, how good they were. But so was I. Um, I don't think this stuff was showing up on film. Jamar Chase wasn't showing up on film unless you went back to two years ago at LSU. You know, you you couldn't really see that coming. Uh, yeah, I, I think this put people on notice that the Bengals are a legit team that are going to be a threat offensively. And I think it it, it showed the Vikings that, oh, yeah, you've got to get your shit right against even these mediocre teams that you think are mediocre. Um, they can get a little hot, and
0: the Viking secondary is not where it needs to be. No, yeah. Um, they, they didn't go Patrick Peterson's way all that much, and um, – it was almost mostly Brashad Breedlin's issue. Uh, and then it yeah. was whether he was either getting benched or injured uh, a couple times. They bring in like Chris Boyd or whatever. But yeah, it seems like there's still a little holes there and that's going to be an issue moving forward. But defense at least looks improved. The offense needs to catch up and, and stop shooting themselves in the foot. And then they might be able to be in a game like fully throughout it. and And then it's exciting to see how good they're going to be. So yeah, I'm not thinking that this is a big-ass loss because it's the Bengals. It it looks like a better Bengals team and a Vikings team that wasn't ready to get started in time for that better Bengals team. So kudos to them. They go to Chicago. They get the Bears this week. Bengals and Bears. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, Dan, all the way. who are you picking? I
1: am, I am absolutely Bengals on this. I am... I am looking forward to having an in-market game where I get to ogle Joe Burrow's throwing motion. Uh, can't can't be more
0: excited to watch Joe Burrow throw the football. Um, I, I like Bears in this one. I think Bears at home are going to bounce back. Wow. Yeah, for some reason here. I know it's still Dalton, but uh, the defense will be there, and they might stifle uh, Cincy enough. And I don't know. I don't know if I have enough to credit there. So I, I'll say Chicago wins that one. I'm going to pick up you there, too. Maybe it's just a comeback for me. Okay. We'll see. Got to get that momentum <laughs> back. Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals title, Titans game. Cardinals kicked some butt 38 13. Neither of us picked this. Nobody picked us, not even my ma. 24 to 6, Cardinals <laughs> at the half. Did not expect to see
1: these Cardinals come into Tennessee and kick the shit out of them the way we did, but uh, yeah, somebody needs to get Chandler Jones an extension on that contract. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, these Cardinals looked scarier than they did all last year. Like, JJ Watt was almost a non factor, but Chandler Jones was everywhere.
0: Five sacks. You know,
1: five sacks is fucking Three crazy. Three in the
0: first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoops. Yeah um murray had four touchdowns he again he had an interception too that didn't need it but um if he can get over 100 rush or 100 uh, yards from scrimmage from edmonds then you know hopkins kirk had two touchdowns and one of them was amazing so that's a lot of talent up front for the cardinals uh and all now all of a sudden they're a, they're contender um if you're the titans you're a little worried i think uh you you got handed this one pretty quickly, and then maybe you fell behind and didn't know what to kind of do, and and you'll be better at this. But uh, they were kind of cannibalizing themselves. Like there was uh, co- the coach was uh, Vrabel saying some stuff about Julio Jones and that uh, bad penalty he had in the game. Like I don't know, it didn't feel good for the Titans even after this one.
1: No, it, it it makes me worried about their prospects long-term. Ryan Tannehill did not look sharp in this mm-hmm. game. He did not get the protection that Ryan Tannehill needs in order to be successful. Whether that's a factor of Arizona's defense maybe being better than we thought or the Titans' offensive line being worse than we anticipated, we'll find out soon. But it, does, it, it, it gives me a cause for worry down in Tennessee, but... Uh, you know, the NF, the
0: AFC South isn't exactly a fucking murderer's row. They can turn this thing around pretty yeah. Um Yeah, they still have problems with Badgley. Missed an extra point, missed a 46-yard field goal. You're going to have some worries there, too, so we'll see. Um, this leads us to discuss the Vikings going to the desert. They're playing the Cardinals. Uh, what do you think of this one, Dan? I'll start you with you. I'm, shit, man, I'm
1: I'm worried for your Vikings starting 0 yeah. too because – yeah, that that Arizona defense is legit. That is a thing. And uh, I don't think the I don't think the Vikings offensive line can handle Chandler Jones I know, at all. And I'm, um I feel like Tennessee's offensive line is I'm better. I'm worried
0: he'd be he yeah, uh, he's gonna be opposite like uh Rashad Hill backing up left tackle because Darius not not in there healthy or ready to go. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm a little worried about that. I'm worried about our secondary with those wide receivers and a mobile quarterback and all that good stuff too. So it doesn't feel like a good, uh, matchup. I'm going to take the Cardinals as well, but I think it might be a tight one. We'll see how good Arizona actually is. I think in this one, if they light us up for 30 plus as well too, then yeah, they're going to have a track meet of a team all year round. Uh, and that'll be scary. Uh, moving right along let's talk about the Seahawks Colts game we've only got a couple more left thank you guys for sticking with us for this whole one Uh, Seahawks beat the Colts 28 to 16 we all picked this Seahawks took the lead they kind of controlled this one 21 10 hey Russell Wilson four touchdowns the man the man started on fire week one
1: And and honestly, the running game got going. Chris Carson was yeah. effective. That's really helpful to Russell Wilson. Um, it's something he doesn't always have. Sometimes you have to let Russ cook, but if, if Chris Carson is a good sous chef, Russ cooks better. <laughs> so, you know, Tyler Lockett is maybe one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Um, I know everybody loves DK Metcalf, who did have a good game, but Tyler Lockett is the straw that stirs the drink on this offense sometimes. He had a fucking... Absolute deep bomb catch from Russ. Yeah. Um yeah, Russ just playing really, really, really sharp. Carson Wentz didn't look bad, but he also didn't look he didn't look like, you know, M V P Carson Wentz. He looked like just a, a starter. He had a real Sam Darnold
0: kind of yeah. game. And it's a new team, so you know, maybe getting back into it, but Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor's for real, and you got to feed him and and get him involved Mm -hmm. in the offense like they were doing. That was where their offense was working, but they couldn't convert some big fourth downs in the second half, and I think that's what just got away from them. Seahawks went up twenty to ten late in the fourth in this one, so the last six that Colts put on was kind of garbage. Time, uh, points as it was on that one so it wasn't as close as even the score was in this one Seahawks might be very good too The here's the uh string along of every time we talk well no we got one more we got 49ers Lions here uh, but uh, uh spoiler every time we talk about an NFC West team they're very good they are very good <laughs> oh boy uh but before we get there let's let's talk about some NFC West teams playing next week Rams at Colts what do we think about Rams and Colts? Who? This,
1: this is a fun one. I actually see the Colts getting mm-hmm. healthy. Uh, the Rams, I think, had an easy one against the Bears. I think the Colts win this one at home. I'm going to go. Colts. Um,
0: the Rams threw it very well against a uh, good front of the Chicago defense, and the Colts have a good front as well. Kind of feels like somewhat of the same type of defenses. So, I, I like the Rams on the road here. Uh, being able to put up a lot of points on Indy again. And uh, I think if the Rams take a, a lead, Colts are going to have struggles on catching up with them. Colts look like more of a ball control offense with with uh, Taylor and, and Wentz. So the Rams can, can run up the score, and I think they might be able to do that on the road. Then Titans at Seahawks. Ooh, this, I mean
1: you got to have a get-right game here for the Titans, Um, and I just don't think it's going to happen traveling all the way to Seattle. I feel like the Titans start out 0-2. I feel like Seattle wins this game at home to start their year. Yeah, I'm
0: with you. I think Seattle wins this one too. I think the Titans will show up better. I don't think they're as bad as they look like in this home game against the Cardinals, and they are hoping they don't either. Uh, But I will not take them to win. I will take the Seahawks as well um okay i i hinted at it let's talk about this one 49ers lions uh the end score 41 to 33 this one uh i was excited to talk about and it's the last one we get to, to discuss uh it was jimmy g he got in there 314 yards and touchdown oh but trey lance got a touchdown he threw one in there too just to you know throw in some fun um yeah and then it was uh the first one Trey Lance yeah, throws the, first, the one. first touchdown in there, just and Garoppolo's first uh, snap is a fumble. You know, it's it was a wild game. It really was. This was a uh, uh, game that was very tight. Uh, in the first half, it was fourteen to ten with under five minutes left in the second, and then right before halftime, Niners just turned it up because uh, it was what was halftime. It was thirty-one to ten at the half. Uh, so from some, from fourteen. 31 points the 49ers did it in like the last five minutes of the second quarter so the lions blinked and they're like oh shoot we're the lions again but they didn't quit god you know uh uh give the the, to them in late third quarter they came back uh, awake they were down 38 to 10 in this one and brought it all the way back got an onside kick and all of that stuff and brought it in to striking distance i
1: i thought it was kind of hilarious (laughs) because this game at one point was 38 to 10. Yeah. It that is you don't come back from 38 to 10. I know that they came back from 28 to 3 in a Super Bowl, but you don't come back from 38 to 10. That's fucking brutal. At that point, San Francisco went into a full five like quarters prevent defense. They're like we're not even going to pressure Jared Goff. Go fucking bananas! And Jared Goff's like, oh great, finally no pressure in my face. I can throw like a jugs machine, and it started to look a little bit better. But this, I, I really don't even feel like they were within striking distance. I know that it was within a possession, but it it felt like the 49ers at that point were just like, oh shit, yeah, you guys got closer than we did, uh, closer than we thought you would. This, you know, we talk about the putting out the cigarette game they lit cigarettes in the third quarter and right near the end it was like kind of bobbling out of their mouth like holy shit are you guys gonna do this
0: and then they just kept puffing yeah yeah it was uh the onside kick and then like even the announcers are going well they need to score a touchdown get another two-point conversion and another onside kick." but then they the Niners fumble like they were trying to help them back into it and the Niners weren't quitting, and that's what you want to see for the Niners, too, because it's going to get tougher from, well, actually it's going to get tougher here for both sides because there were some injuries. Uh, Lions are going to be without Jeff Acuda for the season. He ruptured his Achilles, so the uh, the cool rookie that we just got last year. Yeah, nope, you won't see him. The Niners are going to lose. And, and he won't be ready for halfway through next year either. Achilles is oh, fucking really? brutal. Really, it's going to be that long? Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, 49ers Mostert is going on IR for the season with a knee injury. He won't be back. And they also lost safe uh, their cornerback, Jason Verrett. Yeah, has a torn ACL, so he's out for the season. So Niners have even been talking about trying to fill his spot already, so we'll see what they do. I I feel bad because with this podcast, is not
1: a religious podcast, but I know there is no God because the number one prayer by all NFL fans is bless these bless knees. These knees. And there is no God listening. Uh there's too many bad knees. Uh it's it's fucking brutal. I feel bad for Mostert. You know, he he's got a decent contract now. I mean he re signed for something, so I don't feel like he's gonna get cut, but this it you remember when Jarek McKinnon was like, Hey, I think I'm gonna have a breakout season and then he went to the Niners and just kinda nice. died. Uh it, this is the Niners. This is what happens, like promising running backs go to die here, except for Frank Gore who cannot be killed yeah, by Mortal Kombat. They Man. had
0: a lot collected in the last few years and now they're gonna have to do with what they have and uh it's not I guess they drafted Trey Sermon. You know, we'll see. Uh good luck Niners. Um they get the they go to Philly, playing the Eagles this week. What are we thinking about Niners at Philly?
1: Um, I feel like it's Niners. I you know, you have Jimmy G, you still have A really good offensive line out there. The defense is still really good. I feel like Philadelphia probably will not embarrass themselves, but I feel like this is Niners
0: all the way. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts had an amazing game, uh, flawless almost uh, in Atlanta there. But uh, Atlanta doesn't have a defense. They don't. (laughs) Here comes some pressure, and if they can just at least bottle him up where he can't spin out of those uh, pockets or, or pick up the yards on the ground, become that dual threat that he is. Uh, then the Niners should win, and I think they will. So I'll take the Niners in that one, but all of a sudden I th- I've got more confidence in the Eagles. Look at me. And then finally, our Mon- let's yeah. let's end with the last one we'll end with with the week, our Monday nighter: Lions at Packers. Uh, that is the last one we get to discuss. What do you think?
1: Uh, this If the Packers don't win this game, then the conspiracy theorists will right. go nuts. Uh, this has to be a Packers win. The Lions are not an impressive team and the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers starts the season 0-2, and if he does that, it will be another bad performance against the Lions. We might have a problem on our hands. We might have an Aaron Rodgers trade midseason, and Jordan Love just take yeah, it over.
0: I, I think if, if it does happen... Aaron Rodgers is the most upset after the game and because there's no possible way... like Conspiracy theory, this game, you at least throw four touchdowns just to kind of bury it for a little bit and then you bring it back up. If he's really trying to dump the Packers down, <laughs> you, you, you think... You go, no, we can't do it, the Lions visit game. No, I'll, I'll be fine then, <laughs> and then the next few will drop, and then all of a sudden they're 4-15 they're and 15 or whatever the actual score is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I take the Packers here as well. All right, those are our picks for next week. Those were all the games for week one. Ooh. I know. that. Yeah, you, you forget after we've been off with this so much just how much, talking to how much it is to get through all these, but we did it. Uh, to get you caught up on the picks after week one. Well, it sure sounded like, Dan, you had a better week than me. And uh, if you look at the picks, a lot of people had better weeks than me. I had six correct. (laughs) Uh, So, Dan, you are ahead of me. You right now have for the season nine correct. You're ahead of me by three games. In fact, my own mother has seven correct. You're leading all of us here by two ahead of my mom as well because she just had that she picked the same uh,
1: don't yeah. worry if uh, if uh if history is any indication that won't last long <laughs> she
0: picked the exact same as me this week except for that broncos win. so congrats to her but uh yeah i'm i'm bringing up the rear there with the six it wasn't a very strong start for me we'll see what happens um all right um i've got some crazy stats you ready for this here we Ooh, go. Always. Crazy stats. Uh, this is the first time in the common era. I love when they say that. The NFL common era. Where three first-round wide receivers got touchdowns in their very first game. Talking Jamar Chase, Jalen hey. Waddle, and Devonta Smith. Congrats, get, uh, congrats, kids. Ki- SEC, baby. SEC, SEC wide right, receivers. That's right. Both the Alabamas and the LSU. Um also, there was only one running back that played every snap on Sunday. Do you have a guess on who this running back was? <sighs> Christian McCaffrey? No, it was rookie Najee Harris. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, they do love to run their running backs on yeah, the Steelers ground. Yeah,
0: Steelers going to feed their running back. Uh, this is a cool stat I just uh, found, actually. Um we just had week one of the uh, new season of Numbers, new numbers. Peyton Manning, one of his favorite things, was like, Tom Brady doesn't like the new numbers because he's talking about, oh, Patrick Queen's the mic, you gotta go, six is the mic. Like, what do you mean, six? That's not a mic number. It doesn't seem like a big <laughs> issue to me, but okay, fine, it's an issue. But what do you think of the new numbers, first of all?
1: Uh, I thought it's fine. I, th- I think it's good that it's mostly young guys. I don't like Patrick Peterson in the <laughs> seven. You've been 21 a lot longer than you were ever seven. So, you know, I have an issue with that. But a guy like Patrick Queen, he was a six for a lot longer <laughs> than he was, what, Whatever. 40-something, yeah. 50-something?
0: It's fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So, so now yeah. Uh, someone went through and looked up the most common-worn numbers in the NFL, and that's counting this year with the single-digit ones. If you had to guess, what's one of the common-worn numbers? uh i would
1: say the most common number is probably seven
0: no, no in fact uh the most Ooh. common worn number is a double digit it is actually number 26 26 is the most worn number in the league uh the second most most worn number in the league is uh, actually the number two the number two is the second most worn Hmm. and the third most worn there is a tie between the number 23 and the number 25 Think you get this the in these 20s is because a lot of cornerbacks a lot of running backs they all hold on to those numbers and that's yeah uh but almost every team they're like saying like 31 of the 32 teams have one player in your team with the number 26 All right, and then finally, Dan, the last—that's crazy. Yeah, the last one. uh, Only one team has been without a winning record since twenty seventeen, meaning never since twenty seventeen have they had a a winning record at all in the regular season. Who are they? Since twenty seventeen, I'm gonna say the Jaguars. No, remember the Jaguars were one and no, like last year or two years ago i think oh, last year they were one and, 0. Right. They and then that, they lost 15 straight oh that's true they had that sexy yeah. shoot time it's the new york giants oh that makes me, <laughs> oh, that makes me feel <laughs> well good. you're welcome buddy all right well that's our show guys thanks so much for listening to the whole thing we know you did your your push off listeners um dan please put us to sleep with our parting words of wisdom Step off the ledge Owen 1 teams. It's not over. Owen oh, st- 2? Sorry, you said step I mean, off Feel the free ledge. to open step that window back put from your head out. the
1: ledge. Step off the ledge Owen 1 teams. So no, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um only one Owen 1 team should step <laughs> okay. off the ledge and that's probably the Giants. Uh yeah, step back. Step back from the ledge. Don't kill yourself just yet. open the window, look around, check and see if maybe you'd splat and it's not going to be painful. 0-3, put yourself in the fucking coffin. 0-1 is not over. It's half the teams in the league are 0-1. You definitely have a chance to make the playoffs. It might not even be that tough of a road to hoe. You could still win 16 games. The schedule's weird this year. But 0-2 is going to be really, really difficult to come back from. So uh, start to get worried next week, but this week, just enjoy
0: it. Football's back. Football's back. Even if you are 0 to some crazier things have come back. Have you seen Drew Brees's hair? Uh ah. Ah. <laughs> swing that in there. He's getting the Elon That's Musk. That's right, he's getting the uh the, or the Jason Witten. <laughs>
1: yeah. the
0: All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us another episode. This was fun. We'll see you next week. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Enjoy week two. Goodbye.